Philadelphia Originals. Cheese steaks. Wit. Rocky. And Sports Radio 94. WIP. Live from the Tasty Cake Studios. WIP FM HD 1610. WIP HD. As I promised, coming up before 745, your chance at the WIP Ultimate Garage. I'm Spike Eskin. Xfinity voice line is 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T cell phone. Bob Cooney was watching lots of uh, summer league basketball, which is not all that exciting to say the least. And then the Sixers actually did something again. Bob, how is summer league basketball? Spike, it is about as interesting, no, I would say less interesting than watching paint dry on any wall you may have painted recently. Oh, come on. My dad called me yesterday and asked me, he's like, so you're going to watch Summer League stuff? And I was like, yeah, I, I hope Harkless plays. He goes, wait a minute, you're really going to watch it? I was like, oh, yeah. Well, I, I ran into somebody from NBA TV in the hallway, and they were kind of kidding around, walking away, saying, yeah, for the whole 300 people around the country that are watching this, I'm glad we're working so hard. And I said, well, I know of a few people back in Philadelphia that are watching. One was one of the names that floated in my head was you, along with a couple of uh, steady emailers that I get. So uh, I'm very proud of you for sticking through it when you certainly don't have to do it. Yeah, you know, I, I just want to see Harkless, whatever. Uh, Bob Cooney writes about the uh, the Sixers for Philly.com and the Philly Daily News. So the, the Sixers have a new player, and his name is Darrell Wright. You want to tell everybody about him? Yeah, they, well, you know, they were looking for, and I still think they have some another piece, at least one, that they want to fill, and, and that's, I think, a, a backup point guard. But one of their needs was, was to get a, a veteran, big, uh, power forward, um, you know, preferred starter. And I think, they, I think they've done that now with, with the acquisition of Darrell Wright. He's a guy who... A guy who likes to shoot out on the perimeter, a six-seven guy, not a big guy, another kind of tweener guy that um, you know that this team does have an abundance of. But he he is a very good outside shooter. Two years ago, made 194 three pointers, and if you want to compare that to anything this year, the Sixers. Uh, Jody Meeks led the Sixers with 97 made three pointers this year, so the guy can really stroke the ball. Um, is a scorer, not much of a defender, but you know, over the last two years has started every one of the 143 games that he's played. So I, I guess he's the guy that you, that you plug into that, to that four spot. And, and, um, you know, you're, you're kind of looking at, depending on what way Doug Collins wants to go, you're looking at a starting lineup that's, that's probably Drew Holiday, Evan Turner, Andre Godala. Right and Spencer Hawes. Uh, whether he decides to plug Lavoy Allen into that four spot and bring right off the bench, now you have a, and Doug Collins does like to have a, a strong bench, now you would have a bench that would consist of scoring, you know, you're talking Thaddeus Young, Nick Young, and, and Darrell Wright if he decides not to start him. So it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do here. Well, Bob, if they go with that starting lineup you mentioned, they better make, they should be glad they're better at making shots because they better make all of them because they're certainly not going to rebound any of them. <laughs> Yeah, they, they yeah. really are short on the rebounding edge there, which makes me pause wondering if, if, if his intention is to start LaVoy Allen at that, at that four spot. But then when you look at it that way, Ike, where's your scoring? You know, I mean, my gosh, you have a starting line of Drew, Evan, Igadala, LaVoy Allen, and Spencer Halls. You know, that's, that's really thin. You're pretty much bringing, bringing all your explosiveness off the bench. And I know people wonder, do you start Thad Young at the four? But uh, talking with Collins throughout the years, I, I don't think 
that he believes Thaddeus Young can match up with starting power forwards. He's better at matching up with the with the power forwards that come off the bench, and that's where he gets his advantage. So I, I, that's why I say it's interesting. I, I don't think anything's set in stone here as far as starting and reserves, but um, you know they have a lot of different pieces now that they didn't have last year. Well, and and some of that is shooting. And one thing not to be confused about is that you know when you look at Nick Young and and uh, Darrell Wright's three point percentage, um, it looks similar to a couple of guys that were on the Sixers. But those guys are if you get them in positions where they have open shots, those guys are far more reliable than anything the Sixers have had the last few years. Oh yeah, and they shoot more. I mean, they shoot uh, far more. I mean, that's that's their specialty is three point shooting. You can have guys that make some three pointers and shoot thirty seven, thirty eight percent, which these guys do, like a Lou Williams. But he's only making you know sixty or seventy. And granted, he's not starting, but he is playing the twenty eight minutes or so. I mean, these guys are three point shooters. These guys are coming off screen uh three point shooters. These guys are standstill three point shooters, whereas Lou Williams created for himself a lot of times, uh scored in different ways. And these these are totally different. They're bigger guys, they can shoot over people, they can spot up, they can shoot when people are running out after them because they're bigger players. Lou Williams couldn't do that. He had to rely on his pump fakes, his lean ins, his you know, dribble penetration and stuff like that. So it, it brings you a different aspect. Uh, you know, it brings a different, a different look for the Sixers this year as far as how they're going to get their outside shooting. And to be clear, I, I, I've seen different reports about what they traded for him. It, it looks like nothing. It looks the rights to somebody they already drafted. I, I can't even quite figure out what they yeah, traded it's for. Basically, right. what I'm thinking, I still have to make some more phone calls on this, but what I think basically they just picked up his contract. And it might be similar to, if I'm not mistaken, like the. Um, Sam Young. Uh, what, when they right when they picked up Sam Young, boy, they like they like these young guys. Yeah. But um, when they picked up Sam Young, uh, it was yeah the, to the rights of somebody they had already drafted that'll never see the light of day. So it's it's basically the Sixers are picking up his four point one million dollar contract, which has only one year left, which is also another pretty good thing, Spike. I mean, you know, you picked up Nick Young at, at the type of money that that Lou Williams was looking for, but Lou Williams was looking for four or five years. You pick up Nick Young, six million dollars one year deal. Now you pick up Darrell Wright, one year, four million dollars. You know you're gonna you're gonna have some some room next year, maybe to do something. Not saying they're giving up on this year, but you know with the little money that they have left, I think they're gonna look to go up to find some type of a veteran backup point guard because they're really thin in the backcourt right now. Um, and then you know you're pretty much just looking at maybe picking up one or two guys off the uh, off the training camp uh, invitees and. And there you have it. There's your there's your 2012-13 Philadelphia 76ers. Now there's a question that's coming that I don't know if I'm going to miss asking one day or if I'm going to be glad that I never have to ask anymore. Uh, it's the question that we always ask everybody all the time uh, about the Sixers, but must be asked is that they go and they acquire they draft a swingman, right, and then they trade for another swingman. And there's just swingmans, just swingmans on swingmans on swingmans. Does this yeah. mean any every everybody on Twitter that, that you know the first response is although they're very different players, the first response is this must mean something about trading Andre Iguodala. Um, and I know that originally you thought they were going to trade him, then you didn't. Do you think this means anything in that respect? No, I I, I really don't get that sense unless you know something. And, and they are being very careful to. You know, keep their mouth shut and hold all their plans close to the vest. They, they, they are really tight-lipped this year. Unless there's something going on that, that 
you know, nobody really knows about. I, I don't see it. I mean, Collins keeps talking about, you know, how much he liked Iguodala. Obviously, making the Olympic team that 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 adds to his uh, stock, I would think. But uh, you know, when when I talked to Collins about Harkless, and I, I've said this pretty much that I, I really didn't agree with the pick. Um, but when I talked to Collins about Harkless, he constantly talks about how he's this guy's backup. Uh, how um, Iguodala only has two more years remaining on the contract, and he's you know he's going to grow and be this. Guy. You know this that that Harkless pick was a future pick. I mean, you know it's it's not an immediate thing. So unless you get somebody really good back for Iguodala, not just pieces, I I think they're sticking with him. I think he's going to be here. You know, unless something happens late during the season, come trade deadline time, that that kind of blows the Sixers out of the water. Talking to Bob Cooney from the Philly Daily News and Philly.com, who was down in Orlando watching Summer League basketball. Uh, you know, it's funny. The uh, the, the one thing I, I, I took from uh, Summer League play yesterday was that Mo Harkless does not look 6'8 to me. And maybe it looks maybe it's just the camera angle is different uh, because it's lower during uh, NBA TV. But if he's 6'8 and he has the just the kind of lateral mobility it looks like he has on the, the perimeter, he's... He's, he could be a really, really good defender. He just didn't look that tall to me. Yeah, I, I, I think he did match up about there. I was, you know, I was standing behind the Sixers players before they went out, and I kind of got stuck. But they, they before they went out, and I was doing the same thing, Spike. I was looking at him and kind of measuring up. I say it's legit. I mean, I'm, you know, you can read it on the on the NBA report that they did at the combines too. He's a legit six eight. Um, you know, there's no question about it. it. It's funny, though. I had somebody ask me today saying, you know, they take this guy with the 15th pick. They have so many needs. Shouldn't this guy be kind of shining down at, at this summer league where there's just a bunch of people that are never going to see the NBA? And it's it's not even what I was looking for. I'm not looking for I, – I, like, I'm not even anticipating this guy scoring 15, 20 a game down here. You're just looking for the little things. Like, can he move without the basketball? How does he go to the basket? Can he rebound? Does he – you know, have, can he play defense like you talked about after having played so much zone in college? You know, can he play the man-to-man defense? It's, uh, it's set into my head now. This kid is just 19 years old. This kid is a project. He is, he's a couple years away from being the type of player that this team thinks he's going to be, at least. Well, I'll tell you, all of these moves, getting one-year deals, drafting future players, uh, definitely goes against, I think, what a lot of Sixers fans were afraid, that the, the organization was um, was content with what they had and didn't think they needed to build from the future and, you know, was satisfied with this core. It definitely appears as if they are clearing room and, and getting younger players. The guys that are going to be here are the younger guys. So um, if, if the moves so far are any indication, that, that, that's what it looks like to me. Yeah, and you know what, you know what would have been nice down here watching this week is, uh, obviously Harkless, you have, uh, Arnett Moultrie who, who can't play because he sprained his ankle, you know, at his very last pre-draft workout in Sacramento, so he's not going to play all this week because he still has a high ankle sprain. Nick Vucevic, who struggled, as you know, at the end of last year, he was supposed to get some time down here. Uh, I, I was anxious to see what he looked like if his confidence was back and all. He can't play because he strained, he strained his left Achilles tendon, so he's hurting. Lavoy Allen, although I think we, we pretty much know what Lavoy is, I don't think he's going to change very much throughout his NBA career, and I, I, I think that's okay. But until he signs his contract either at midnight tonight or so, he won't be down here again until tomorrow and at the earliest play tomorrow. So 
all the young pieces that, that are, need to fill up this roster this year are either hurting or, or can't get on the court because of contract reasons. So it's it's a shame because I think fans really wanted to see what this young group that, that they're going to have to throw into the lineup this year, what they could do, and you're really not seeing much of anything. Well, that's all right. You get more time to watch Xavier Silas and Drew Holiday's brother. <laughs> uh, yep, that, that's what we get paid to do down here. <laughs> well, there are worse gigs. You know, I was, I was doing oh, it for Absolutely, no question about it. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, uh, Bob Cooney76, right, on Twitter? That is correct. And uh, read him in the Daily News and at Philly.com. I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your, your evening to give me a call, my friend. Spike, anytime. Thanks, Bob. All right, buddy, be good. There you go. Well, um, the Sixers are going to ha- have shooters now, but still don't have any rebounders. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't. I do not think there's got to be another move. There's just got to be another move. There's there's so many questions about everything with this organization right now. Not bad, just questions that I just. There's so many teams that you kind of know exactly what direction they're going in. The Hawks have made moves. You know what direction. The Nets, you know what they're trying to do. The Celtics, you're aware of what they're trying to do. Everybody in the, the the, the Atlantic Division, the Knicks, you know what they're trying to do. Uh, the Hawks, of course, not in the Atlantic, but you know, still teams that the Sixers are competing with. I, I, I'm not qu- still, I'm not quite sure exactly what the Sixers are doing. If that, if one of those things is playing Darrell Wright at the four with Spencer Hawes at the center, man, I mean, just, <laughs> just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. So, uh, in a half an hour, less than a half an hour, you'll have your chance at the 94 WIP Ultimate Garage. Also going to have Bob Rigby, who is the color commentator for the Philadelphia Union on, as well as tickets to the Philadelphia Union U.S. Open Cup. It's a lot of stuff coming up. I have Andre Iguodala coming up at 840, no, 820. When do I have Andre Iguodala, Mike and Jelena? I think it's... 820, Andre Iguodala, and then, uh, then Lauren Cheney at 920. It's going to be a good show. Uh, I need you, though. 888-729-9494, the Xfinity Voice Line, pound 9494 on the AT&T cell phone. Let me know what you think of the Darrell Wright edition and what it means. It means somebody can shoot threes besides Jody Meeks. That's what it means. I'm Spike Eskin, 94 WIP Sports Time is 715. Sports Radio 94 W. 20 sports scores and the latest sports information at 20 minutes before and after every hour. is Philadelphia's football station. This is the new Sports Radio 94 WIP. Coming up in the next 25 minutes, your shot at the 94 WIP Ultimate Garage. When you hear the garage door open and the Avenger startup, be the night caller, 215-625-6681. Pay attention to that number. You'll get a $50 Visa gift card and be qualified for that Ultimate Garage. I guarantee you it's going to happen before 745. I guarantee it. That is so. I mean, you should go nowhere. I'm Spike Eskin. Xfinity Voice Line is 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T cell phone. Now, while I'm on the air, while I'm doing anything, actually, I have my eye on Twitter, so I make sure I don't miss anything. And as I start to talk, everybody just starts tweeting at me, d Linem says the Sixers traded for Darrell Wright. d Linem says the Sixers traded for Darrell Wright. So, uh, that's funny. isn't it? it? Well, I was talking to Cooney. It's nice, nice to have a little excitement in uh, the middle of Orlando Summer League, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, actually, I, when you stop and think about the move, uh, I mean, first of all, this guy started every game he played the last two years. 
He has eight years' experience. I know somebody would say he's another six-time perimeter player. However, for me, knowing that Andre Iguodala is about to embark on this, you know, Olympic Games, and it's a great accomplishment for him, but two years ago, that was a tough year for him after the World Championships. Just, he battled through the injuries, but it was tough. And if you think about who their backup three would have been, it would be Maurice Harkless. And all I say is that he's 19 years old and there's nothing wrong with having another guy who's more of an insurance policy and a definite capable three-point shooter. Yeah, I mean, and without looking into the future, even though a lot of these moves do create space for the future, you have to look at last year's roster and this year's roster, even if it is as is, and I, th I have to think that it's better than it was last year. I think, I mean, I'm just looking in terms of depth. Like I say, your decision to amnesty Elton created space so you could actually move people or, you know, add people. Uh, Resigning Spencer made sense to me because it did give your front court stability. Uh, he is a passing center, which works in that system. And you don't have to play him more than 25, 27 minutes if you have other guys that are, are doing the job there. So Nick Young gave you size, a shooter, and a better defender, who was. And now I think Thoreau, like I said, is, is insurance and a a really good player at the small forward position. I'll tell you, you've gone, we've gone from a, a Sixers team that had some guys that could make some three-point shots to a, a team that has two guys who are three-point shooters, and there's a, a very big difference between between the two things. And here's here's a little irony for me, Spike. Last year, Nick Young dropped 27 on the Sixers in a game down in Washington, and two years ago. Darrell Wright dropped 28 on them, made five threes. He was 8 of 11 from the floor in a win for Golden State over the Sixers. So, as I say, both guys clearly leave lasting impressions when they're playing against you well, know, the, if you the, can't, the brass, so to speak. If you can't beat them, go get them, right? That's, exactly. that's it. Um, exactly. I, you know, it's... Um, it's amazing to me to think that uh, with with these few, it seems like the, the roster hasn't changed that much, but it you know it really has. Now it creates. I joked earlier that the the Miami Heat were able to go win the championship with. I saw your tweet. Yeah. Yeah. With why not us? Yeah. I mean, they won it with a bunch of small forwards, right? And guards. The Sixers. Yeah. Can do they it. also had a guy named LeBron James and <laughs> D Wade. Oh right. Who's counting that? Yeah. So here's the the final question I have for you because I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm I feel like I'm weirded out by the whole um, the front office vibe is very strange to me. We went from there were all those stories about yeah. Rod was gone and then there was the Woj from Yahoo came out with the Doug Collins is pushing Rod out and then it was Danny Ferry's going to be the guy and then all of a sudden silence. Um, and yep. th and then just to add to it is, I, I feel like we've never known less about what they were thinking, just ever. You know, this, we it, every Sixers writer, everybody knew they were taking Vucevic last year. Everybody knew they were going to take yep. Vucevic this year. Nobody knew they were going to take Harkless. It felt like the Nick Young thing came out of nowhere. What is what is going on in the Sixers front office right now? Do you think who is making calls? I I, I just I can't figure any of it out. Well, I mean, I have to say that at least if you want to be able to make moves like you're making right now, it it should be Rod Thorne because you can't have the people you're doing business with thinking he's a lame duck because then you're not dealing with the right guy. 
So I believe Rod is still the guy doing this stuff. Now, of course, where does the input come from? None of this is ever done by one human being. It's not the draft isn't done by one guy. Trades are never done without talking amongst yourselves. And then you have to have somebody who makes the ultimate call. So, I mean, of course, Doug is a constant thinker, constantly wanting to go out and better a roster, uh, constantly talking to people about possible talents out there. Uh, so I will give him, he does his due diligence in that regard. And then maybe in just doing that, you're pushing everyone to just do their job, if not better, differently. Uh, I, I, I hope it, it was, a, it, you know, it was almost like we saw a power play happen right in front of our eyes in the press. And um, and maybe who knows? Yeah, maybe all of those things put everybody back where they should be. You know, maybe right. maybe that happened. And, you know, and now they're they're functional, at least for the next year. It is amazing to see what Danny Ferry went and did in Atlanta after not getting the job here, though. I mean, it's. I'm- I mean, yeah. how did he do that? I, I have no idea how he got rid of Joe Johnson. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. So, Well, because Joe was wanted somewhere else. Yeah. Right. I, you, there's a great saying in in the NBA. It only takes one. You don't need 30 to like it. Yeah. You need one. <laughs> and obviously, if you're the Nets, you're trying to lure a guy like Dwight Howard, and I don't think that's over for them yet. I mean, it does become a little more appealing when you have a Joe Johnson and a Darren Williams. And I know some people like say, well, where's Joe in the fourth quarter or this and that? I mean, the guy is a perennial all-star, and he does make shots. He can average 20 points. <laughs> so if you're trying to make that three-headed monster in the ilk of what Boston did at one point and what Miami you know, did and what Oklahoma City has going on, if you have a Dwight, a Darren Williams, and a Joe Johnson – I mean, I think you're okay. Yeah. You know what? I'm so sick of uh, clutch and championships. And and I know that's what it's all about. But I'm just so sick of this whole... Michael Jordan ruined it for everybody, you know, by winning championships. Yeah. And it's like we feel like that's the only... Those are the only good players are the guys that hit last-second shots. So... Right. um, No, I agree. Yeah. Well, D-line them. Read her work at csnphilly.com. See her on Comcast Sportsnet. Oh, of course. I mean, you're the... You're the... I mean, you broke the story. I mean, it was as I was happening. I couldn't even focus. I'm like, ah. Most people are like, Darrell Wright, who's that? I'm like, oh, cool, Darrell Wright. I got excited. So, um, so well, thanks good. very much. So thanks, Dave. All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks to D-Lineum uh, from Comcast Sportsnet. Uh, follow her on Twitter at uh, the letter D, then Lineum uh, CSN. It, yeah, it is just the strangest thing. I just can't figure out whether they, they had that $8 million left under the cap. The weirdest thing. Is they really had to end to see Elton Brand to get Nick Young, and you thought it was going to be Ilyasova from Milwaukee or Ryan Anderson, or they're going to make a play for this one more guy, and it never happened. And it really seems like there's a distinct possibility that the roster that you see, aside from maybe a backup power forward or center or a, a, a backup point guard, like Bob Cooney mentioned earlier, this is the team that you are rolling into next season. And it might not be the team that you see for the next three years, but it's definitely the team this year and whether it's a uh, a desire to you know win some this season while you develop the younger guys or and it, it certainly sets up look you have contracts coming off the books after this year 
Uh, Darrell Wright will come off the books after this year. Nick Young will come off the books after this year. There is a possibility that Andre, Andre Iguodala has a player option after this season, could come off the books after this year. It, it could be a really interesting free agency trade kind of next two years for the Sixers. That is, if we know who is making those trades or anything like that. Um, coming up in the next 15 minutes, your chance at... Um, also, I want to know what you think about the Darrell Wright trade and whether this means there's another trade. I think the big question here is whether there, whether or not there is another shoe to drop. Will the Sixers make another significant move before or won't they? And do you want them to? Xfinity voice line is 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T cell phone. The baseball all-star game is going on tonight. And uh, as with most all-star games, I feel like I've heard a lot of who cares. That's what people are starting to say, you know, who cares. And I was trying to figure out earlier what we watch those all-star games for. And the only thing really entertaining anymore is seeing the, you know, the the top-flight pitcher against the top-flight hitter that you wouldn't normally see. And I was trying to figure out what is less appealing about all-star games and why don't we like them anymore. And I think what's happened, because it's in all of the sports, is that our... You know, we see so much more of these guys than we used to see. We see them in interleague play in baseball. We see them in basketball. We see them, you know, all the time on national TV, all the time on ESPN, uh, highlights on YouTube. All of these guys that we used to so rarely see, we see constantly now. So, you know, in the past, everybody says it's that they used to try harder in the past. These players used to play harder in the All-Star games. I don't think it's really that. Although it could be, you know, these guys are richer and maybe it doesn't mean quite as much to them anymore. Maybe that all-star game purse doesn't mean quite as much to them anymore. But I think what it is, is it has less to do with the quality of the game going down and more to do with the fact that these events that are happening, these, you know, Cole Hamels versus Josh Hamilton or Justin Verlander versus Matt Kemp, we see things like this all year. We see it on TV. We see it on the Internet. We see it, you know, in person in interleague play. And and the reason these All-Star games have gotten less, you know, less important to us is because those events happen all the time. So the fix to me, my idea for all of these All-Star weekends is what is still so important to us? What is still special to us? What do we not get to see all the time? And those are the things that we still care about. The home run hitting contest is not something we see all the time. I still think there's excitement. It's not what it used to be, and it could use a new twist, but it's something different. The slam dunk contest is something different, though it hasn't been as good in recent years. And maybe it hasn't been as good, and maybe the home run hitting contest hasn't been as good because, you know, it's not the show it used to be. Maybe it needs to be a better show, the three-point shooting contest, the skills competition in hockey. What we need to do instead of having these games is just have more skills competitions, more special things on All-Star Weekend that you wouldn't normally see. The NBA, instead of seeing five-on-five and 12-man teams, I would love to see the NBA All-Star Game outside on a black court. It doesn't have to be a blacktop, but a black hardwood court and have it be a three-on-three tournament and have it be you know, five games up to 21. And I'd... It would be so special. It would be so different to see these players play one-on-one, to see them play three-on-three, even if it's just up to seven and you have it that way, and have more skills competitions. Have it in baseball. More, Have it 
there's got to be a way to make events that are different for us to watch. The NFL, I would bag the Pro Bowl completely, but don't bag the chance at an event. Wouldn't uh, some kind of a punt, passing kick competition between NFL players be something that you'd want to watch? And instead of thinking of all of these different purses and paying everyone, if you offer to pay the winner of these competitions real money, like you offer the winner of the slam dunk contest a million dollars, you offer the team that wins the NBA three-on-three competition a million dollars each, all of a sudden you're going to see real competition and guys that care. Not just games. We need challenges, new challenges to watch these guys do, something different that we don't get to see all year. That's how I'd fix the All-Star game. Uh, Philadelphia Union have a big match tomorrow night, but it's not a normal Major League Soccer match. I'm going to have Bob Rigby on next, who is the color commentator for the uh, Philadelphia Union, and holds a significant historical distinction in the Sports Illustrated magazine, and we'll find out what that is next. As well, in the next 10 minutes, your chance at the 94 WIP Ultimate Garage. Wait for the sound of the garage door being opened. The Xfinity Voice Line is 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T cell. My name is Spike Eskin, 94 WIP Sports Time is 735. Coming up at 820, Andre Iguodala of the Olympic team and the Sixers. That is, uh, that's at 820. And then, I forget what else I have coming up. Lots of, lots of other stuff. Xfinity Voice Line is 888-729-9494, pound 9494 in your AT&T cell. I'm Spike Eskin. The first American soccer player ever to be on Sports Illustrated um, and color commentator for the Philadelphia Union, Bob Rigby, on the line with us right now. Hey, Bob. Spike, how are you? I'm great, man. How are you? I am doing really well. Now, I'm sure you've talked about it a million times in your life, but this is the first time I've got to talk to you about it. It just seems like an amazing thing to me that you were the, the first American soccer player ever on Sports Illustrated. Do you remember what it felt like or where you were when you heard that that was going to happen? Uh, absolutely. It was uh, the week following the game or actually the, the you know whenever the Sports Illustrated was mailed home because that's how basically it was distributed in those days. And I was sitting up at a uh, sports camp in the Pocono Mountains with half of the guys that a week before had won the uh, the North American Soccer League championship. And it was at the about seven eight o'clock at night, uh, real hot day. The kid we just got done scrimmaging kids, and my coach walked over while we're sitting there and handed just kind of laid this thing in front of me, and. Um, it was pretty surreal in the sense that, uh, you know, first of all, coming out of, uh, you know, Ridley High School where playing soccer is the equivalent of being a cheerleader, going to a small school up in the Poconos and becoming All-American first-round draft pick. We win the championship, and that was kind of the coup de grace to end that year, um, to you know, to see that cover and to... Um, it was really too yeah i really couldn't equate everything at that point um and i always kind of chuckled about it cuz the guy that i'm i'm literally out you know taking who's in my armpit in that picture is Kyle Rote Jr whose father was a great nfl player for years with the giants and Kyle 
was uh, Dallas was the team that we had no chance to win that final. And they had, Sports Illustrated had done a, about a two-hour photo shoot with him at Texas Stadium the day before. He was to be the cover. <laughs> the only reason I ended up on the cover, we beat them 2 nothing, And, you know, so even Sports Illustrated plans uh, went to naught because a bunch of guys from Philly went down and didn't know we were supposed to lose, I guess. You know, one thing you, you mentioned there about, um, the, you know, the, you uh, graduating Ridley and being a soccer player and the equivalent to being a cheerleader, um, you know, it's sometimes when growth is slow, almost when you're, you know, when a child is growing and you don't notice that they got taller until you look back on it and, you know, they've grown so much. The soccer, everybody seems to be waiting for this big, huge turn for the U.S. to become, you know, this the, the huge soccer country that these other countries are but when you look at the comparison to what you just talked about the, the just the attitude towards soccer um back then compared to now it's vastly different it's i mean it's taken huge strides in this country the i i chuckled because i've i've been hearing we're five years away since i was 19 years old and i'm not 19 years old and in some respects we're still some distance from you know, whatever the bar is set as, as, as really making it. With that said, the youth game and the infrastructure of soccer is um, better established here than any other youth sport that exists from a coaching sport, from a developmental standpoint, from a participation standpoint. And now with teams like the union building these academy systems, uh, you know, it continues to morph and uh, evolve, if you will. What uh, this is, without a question, the most complicated nation in the world to put together a national team for this sport. And even with like Jurgen Klinsmann coming from, who was a renowned player, coach Bayern Munich, coached the German national team. He's finding that this country, the complexity, the diversity, the size, the different mechanisms, the uh, different agendas, what have you, uh, I think the national team getting to that next step, and that next step would be getting into the second round of a World Cup, it's more complicated here than it is in, you know, a lot of countries that soccer is everything. They eat, breathe, and sleep it just in terms of the size, scope, and complexities that I, I, I kind of address. So uh, I still think it's a possibility, but I, I don't know, you know, what that timeline looks like, Spike. So before we get into tomorrow night's U.S. Open Cup uh, match with Kansas City for the Union, I, I have to ask, last year was my first year of really getting into soccer and going to Union matches and sitting with the Sons of Ben, and I loved it. And... Um, all of a sudden this year, uh, all these guys were gone <laughs> that I identified so, you know, so intently with the union and they started off so poorly. So uh, is the reason they started off so poorly because of that turnover or, or why did that happen? I think that the, the difficult start was a combination of many things. Uh, a lot of key players were traded. Uh, new players came in. That's, there's always an acclimation process. Uh, and again, for Central American players or players from different countries, um, cultures, what have you, 
it is a big transition to come in and start to, to play. We, this is a team that's still the mission and the philosophy is we're developing these young players and we're going to kind of go with them. And um, that is still the foundation. So, and the main piece, I would think, is that as time developed, uh, I believe Peter Novak really lost the locker room in terms of just the team responding to him. And he's a very accomplished coach and, and technically, tactically, his, you know, a great player and, and knows the, uh, the business and what have you. But regardless, when a team stops responding, uh, and to the, to the coach and what the coach is trying to do, um, the resurgence in their performance and their energy and their enthusiasm and their commitment and their, uh, and the results that they're getting, uh, it was the, it, the time, you know, the move had to be made. The timing was, uh, uh, perfect in that sense and the team's response to the promotion of John Hackworth, who was the assistant to interim team manager, uh, and the results that they've gotten since that uh, point in time um, uh, just are a testament to uh, John's ability that there still is a phenomenal nucleus of young talent and that uh, they're really responding to him and the changes he's making. Uh, which are pretty pretty broad from and from the system he's playing and he's made some put some young kids right back on the field that hadn't been getting much time with Peter and so far so good. Now uh, tomorrow night at uh, PPL Park they are in the semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup and face mm-hmm. can and face Kansas City. What is you know. Can you explain, I guess, briefly, soccer is this thing where MLS, U.S. Open Cup is not the MLS championship, but a, a different tournament. Can you explain what that is? The U.S. Open Cup, the U.S. Lamar Hunt Open Cup, who was, uh, most people would know him as the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, who was one of the greatest supporters of soccer, literally from the team that we beat on when I was on the cover of that Sports Illustrated, was Lamar Hunt's Dallas Tornado. So that's how long his family's been involved, and they still are the owners of the uh, the Dallas team in the MLS. The Open Cup is a 94-year-old open competition that is open for any teams, amateurs, professionals, anybody can get into this, and, they, and it's a, a one-game elimination series. In the world... The the FA Cup in England is renowned, and it's the same basis. This, you know, the lower division teams can play the Man Cities, the Man Uniteds, the Giant Killers. So there's something special about that kind of tournament. In fact, in the entire world, the United States is the third oldest competition with only the FA Cup in England, the Scottish Cup, and the Copa del Rey, which is the Spanish equivalent of this. So even in countries where they're, they're much more uh, obsessed with soccer or football, as they would say, um, this is this is a very prestigious tournament that for years and years, and it goes back to Bethlehem Steel in the early 1900s when the steel plants were thriving up in Bethlehem. All the ethnic groups that comprised the, the, you know, the population of workers 
they soccer was a phenomenally important and vibrant sport. They won this cup five times. The Philadelphia Ukrainians that played, I played for them. Uh, we would, we, the home field was Central High School and we would drive up Jersey Turnpike in 10 cars and play the ethnic teams in New York City, Brooklyn, Queens, Bronx, Manhattan itself. They won the cup four times. The German Hungarians, which is another Philadelphia based club, were runner ups in this competition. So the MLS's kind of integration into this has been a process, but more and more teams now are really taking this competition tremendously serious. The last three years, the, the, uh, the consecutive uh, champion has been the Seattle Sounders that play in Seattle that average about 46,000 fans, and they were the, the first uh, really prominent MLS team that just prioritized this and said, we're going after this, this is an important tournament, and we're going to, you know, we're going to go after this with the same uh, dedication and focus as we do the championship. So more and more teams for the Philadelphia Union in its third year as a franchise to be in the semifinal is a phenomenal accomplishment. And the icing on the cake is a couple weeks ago, uh, Sporting Club KC that is coached by Peter Vermees, who's a Delran uh, New Jersey uh, product that was a soccer collegiate great at Rutgers, had a phenomenal career for the national team and MLS and what have you. He's put together a tremendously entertaining team that is, uh, I think they're currently tied or in, tied for first place or maybe a point off in the Eastern Conference. And they came in. It was the second game after John Hackworth had taken over for Peter Novak. And, you know, the Union kicked their butt for nothing. And, and they have, no team has gotten close to that. So there's going to be, whether these guys, whether this is an open cup or they're going to play at Central High School, I'm telling you, this is going to be a game to enjoy because there's going to be a lot riding uh, on just bragging rights, let alone the cup. And sporting, you know, coming in here, trying to make a statement that, hey, that was an anomaly in the union, making a statement, hey, no, it wasn't. We're for real. Well, the game so is... I... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, so I'm really hoping that, you know, the fan base is phenomenal. We There's such a... You've been down there. The atmosphere in that stadium just rocks. Uh, the people are, are unbelievably passionate, and the team always responds. A lot of people aren't aware of uh, some of the games such as the Open Cup and understand the history and the tradition. So we're going to have to kind of bring people along to understand this. Uh, but, but regardless if you know about the Open Cup or, or not, it's going to be a really entertaining game tomorrow because both these teams play a, a tremendously attacking style, which is always attractive for the people that like to watch the game. Well, the game is tomorrow night at PPL Park. There's still tickets available at 7:30. Uh, like you, like you said, a semifinal match of the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Also, Dollar Dog Night. Also, free parking. Uh, you can get tickets at PhiladelphiaUnion.com. Let's let's kick their butts again, Bob. Come on, one more time. I'm telling you. And uh, whoever comes down, I'm going to be there with my daughter and my wife. You know, come up, say hello. Uh, give us your two cents on, uh, you know, what, we, what we're doing and what we have to continue to do. And 
I just, uh, you know, this is one. I don't have to work. I'm just sitting back and enjoy these guys have a go at each other tomorrow night. Dollar dogs for everybody tomorrow night, Bob. Uh, I th think I, I may hold on the dogs. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> watch the waistline. Uh, thanks very much, Bob. That is, uh, thanks for calling, man. That All is, right, Take care, man. All the best. That is Bob Rigby. of. Uh, he's the color man for uh, games for Philadelphia Union games. Again, tomorrow night, uh, Union versus Sporting Club F. Sporting Club, wait. KC, not FC. There's not, it's football club. It's FCKC. I don't know. Kansas City, tomorrow night, U.S. Open Cup. Tickets at PhiladelphiaUnion.com. Do we have Sue on the line? Sue, who is, Sue Clausen, who is our, uh, ultimate garage winner. Sue. Hey, what's going on? You just want a $50 Visa gift card. I am so excited. You don't even know how many times my husband and I have been trying to get through. And you have the bragging rights now because you got through and he didn't. Is that how it works? Yes, we just got done work. We worked together, and we were in separate trucks driving. I hope he's still listening. <laughs> uh, well, you uh, you are now registered for the Ultimate Garage, Dodge Avenger, Can-Am Spider, Dixie Chopper Lawnmower, and much more. Uh, so congratulations. Thank you so much, and it is so good to hear you back on the radio. Th oh, thank you. Very, it's good to be back on the radio. I loved you before. Well, thank you very much. I pre I get to talk more now, so it's a win for everybody, I guess. Thanks very much. Sounds good. Thank you. Yes. Uh, for a reminder of when you can uh, win next, sent right to your phone. Text the word "garage" to eight four eight two eight. Igadala coming up at eight twenty. Matt and George coming up next. Your calls. Xfinity Voice Line eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four pound ninety four ninety four on your AT and T AT and T cell. I'm Spike Eskin. Ninety four WIP Sports Time is seven fifty eight. Sports Radio 94 WIP. When it comes to asthma, it's all about control. Some people with asthma 